today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. I'm Scott Thompson. Willers can back at the station, keeping the Scott Thompson home show between the pipes. Uh, as you know, and as we just uh, mentioned, uh, February is Black History Month, and we want to introduce you to Camille Karamali. He's a digital producer, uh, broadcast, uh, sorry, digital broadcast journalist with Global News, and has been working on a five-part series on anti-black racism. So joining us now, digital broadcast journalist with Global, uh, Camille Karamali. Camille, thank you for the time. I hope you're doing well. Yeah, doing quite well. Just chipping away at this five-part series. Uh, you know, we've got uh, one launching each day. So tomorrow is, uh, you know, black community members, black culture in the arts. But uh, what launched today was, uh, you know, black people in workspaces. And so we really took a deep dive. Uh, looking back at the George Floyd protests and now months later for Black History Month, did it move the needle forward? Did all those rallies and protests and people coming forward with their experiences uh, and personal stories of anti-black racism, uh, I'm sure you remember it all, it came in a, in, a, in a giant wave, did it change anything? So we revisit a lot of those um, you know, societal arenas and the same people that we met during that stretch in time and ask them that question, did anything change for them in the months that followed after those protests? It was interesting because I remember chatting with with various people after the George George Floyd incident and, and asking them, do you think this is, you know, I mean, it's another scenario like this. Do you think this one is different? Do you think this situation in those eight minutes and 46 seconds we all saw, well, George Floyd uh, was basically murdered, um, that this will change things? Are, are, are we seeing change? Are people looking at this differently now? Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, that... Uh, the answer to that really varied based on who you spoke to. So in this five-part series, we look at black communities and black people in different arenas. So, um, you know, their relationship uh, with police, uh, schools, workplaces, the arts. And then Friday is the last one moving forward. What is being done right and what they feel like continue uh, needs to continue being done to move that needle forward. And so the majority, just to sort of you know, I uh, don't want to put an entire blanket statement uh, because we spoke to over two dozen people, uh, many of them who we had already spoken to prior uh, in, the, in the summer and then are revisiting them, asking, them que- asking that same question. But for the most part, the answer was the needle moved forward a little bit. Uh, you know, every time a movement happens or a racial reckoning happens, uh, every few, few years, unfortunately, usually due to the death, of, of a black person in America at the hands of police or even sometimes here in Canada, um, it, uh, it, it moves the needle a little bit is what we're hearing. So what's airing today is anti-black racism and, and in, in the workplace. So what we do, and I'm sure you'll remember this, uh, you know, even uh, Trudeau came out condemning anti-black racism and then the federal government said that they would have an entrepreneurship program uh, in September that launched to support uh, black-owned uh, businesses. And so we spoke and sat down to a couple of small black business owners, and even they said, you know, they had not seen any money from the federal government after that promise. That was supposed to be their lifeboat uh, and really, uh, you know, uh, really help them up from sinking and, and losing their business. And there's they, they just go to the website and it just says that, there's no details on getting any funding for black-owned businesses and entrepreneurs, and so they feel like they're not going to survive the pandemic. And then, you know, the other side also looks at um, black and, and BIPOC people in corporate settings. And there's, uh, you know, we speak to some experts who say that 
really they hit this glass ceiling. Uh, there's a lot of front-facing jobs with diversity so that customers look like a, com- a company is diverse. But as soon as you start climbing the corporate ladder, uh, there's many experiences about people, uh, racialized people hitting glass ceilings. And then you look at a lot of the boardrooms, even in our own industry, in the media industry, you know, we'll, we'll call them out. A lot of the, the, the board of directors are all white as well. So, you know, they, they look at how diversity needs to be systemic in corporate settings as well. So we look at those two avenues, uh, small businesses and corporate settings. How has COVID-19 made this even more challenging? How has it made it even more difficult for some of these vulnerable communities? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, there's been several studies showing that COVID-19 has been prevalent in a lot of racialized communities. Um, But, you know, it just sort of exacerbates the issues that already existed. So a lot of people and, uh, you know, not to discount uh, that uh, people across uh, the color spectrum are facing very uh, real financial difficulties. That is obviously very true. But already, um, you know, these communities start from uh, a couple of steps back from behind. Uh, behind the start line and are, are already uh, saying that, you know, they feel like um, these issues of uh, uh, just anti-black racism are exacerbated due to the pandemic. So, um, for example, the one small business owner who really stuck out to me in this piece, uh, you know, she sells black beauty products and, and so many of her customers who are black, who are from racialized communities, um, they, they, they're jobless now. And so they can't afford any of the products or even continue to shop there. And so her business, she feels like, and the interview really ends in tears uh, because she said, you know, she's a young entrepreneur and she just took over the family business that has been uh, passed down for a couple of generations from her immigrant parents. And she said, you know, it just fell into my hands and I'll, ha- I'll have to hold the responsibility of my family's business going under. So a really sad story there. Hmm. Um, I remember talking after the, the George Floyd uh, death uh, to a member of Black Lives Matter and, and again asking them if if this was different, if things will change now. And, and one thing she pointed out that, that she noticed and how it was different uh, this time or, or, or with George Floyd was that the, the demonstrations, the supporters, the uh, the support, came from all races. It just wasn't the black community. Did you find that? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, it, even myself as a brown person, uh, you know, we kind of had to check ourselves as well um, and see how we could be allies uh, because, you know, the plights of um, black people versus brown people versus, you know, uh, people who face Islamophobia, things like that, you know, uh, they're all different examples. They're all different instances, and one is not the same as the other. So, you know, if you're not black, well, really, it's about having conversations with people who are and asking them how they can be an ally. So, you know, I remember even back then doing a couple of stories about um, allyship and and what that means and, and how to sort of, um, uh, you know, check your privilege and, and find out how you can be an ally to these communities that that need it, um, as well as learning about terms like tokenism or gaslighting. You know, those are terms that uh, I think a lot of people, um, at least in some of my social circles, really weren't aware of the true meaning of it. And, and so we did some pieces to also learn about what those are and, and how, you know, there's subtle forms of microaggressions and subtle forms of racism that, that can take place that's not as prevalent these days. 
in some capacities. How do we find this series, Camille? Yeah, you can find it online on globalnews.ca. It's also this uh, particular uh, episode on racism in the workplace has been airing this morning, and it's going to air again on Global News at 5.30. But, uh, yeah, if you can't catch that, then I, I, I encourage you to check it out online. Camille Caramali has been with us, digital broadcast journalist with Global News. You can find his special report not only on Global News 530 and 6, but also on the website at globalnews.ca, as Camille has the very difficult discussions that are making us all take a look in the mirror. Camille, thank you so much for the time. Great work. Good luck with this. Hey, thank you for this uh, very important conversation. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.